0: Hello and welcome to the D2C Leaders podcast, a series brought to you by Commerce Centric. My name is Philip Driver, founder and CEO of Commerce Centric, the direct-to-consumer experts. And together with my guests, we will be deep-diving the most important topics around direct-to-consumer and e-commerce. You will hear from the top leaders in their field on how they faced and overcame the big D2C challenges and their thoughts on the future of e-commerce. Learn what you need to stay ahead and to take your business direct-to-consumer Hello and welcome to another edition of the D2C Leaders podcast. Uh, This week we are very privileged to have uh, Seamus McDade, CEO of iconic Irish soft drink brand football special on the show, to talk about the success of selling direct to customers all over the world. So Seamus, you're very welcome on the show. Thanks for having me. Indeed, and um, thanks for coming along. So Obviously, McDade's is something I I remember from my childhood, very popular, very iconic brand. Um, We have a lot of international listeners to this show. Um, So what would be great is if you could just give a little bit of background to the business and where the business came from and and kind of the history behind it. So McDade's Football Special is a fourth-generation family business. I'm the fourth
1: generation to run the business. Uh, My great-grandfather was uh, had his own sort of – traveling shop somewhat as much out of the back of a van. He would travel around the countryside here um, in Donegal in the northwest of Ireland and sell bits and pieces out of the back of his van. And that led to him becoming um, an alcohol wholesaler where he would sell beer to the pubs. At at that time, we got the contract to bottle Guinness. At the time, Guinness would brew everything in St. James's Gate um, and then would distribute it around Ireland to a bunch of independent network of bottlers who would the Guinness and then sell it to the pubs that are around and that was just give due to the nature of um probably the infrastructural development of Ireland in the 1930s 1940s um so we did that uh right through the 60s and at the same time we started developing our own soft drinks uh so we would have had a lemonade and a cola and an orange and they were always a a part of our business um in the winter time whenever the beer business would be quieter the guy would my grandfather and his brothers would mess around with flavors and you know keep experimenting with different things and so they came up with um, a product called football which they originally called football cup so it was a mixture of seven flavors mixed together and they added um, an, a, a foaming agent so that had a it had a head on it so it looks like a it looks like a pint of it really looks like a pint of Smithics really it has this foamy head My grandfather and and that generation were all heavily involved in football in the locality. Uh, They set up Sully Rovers football club here in Rimelton and they were very successful in the 60s and one of the brothers didn't drink alcohol so this became what they would use to fill the cup after they won a sporting event. So the name Football Cup was what the, the product was now known as and that then became known as Football Special. So today um. You know, the fast forward then, as our more generic flavors got pushed out by international brands, such as, you know, your Coca-Cola's of the world, it became more imperative for us to focus on our own original sort of products. And so there's nothing really more original than Football Special. So that's what has become our business today. Um, We're very proud of the fact that there's no other drink that really tastes like Football Special, which there's not a lot of products in the world, in the drinks business that can say that. They're all pretty similar to each other, um, except for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a fantastic story. Um, it's a very unique brand, and uh, it, it's something that that is very special to people who, who visit Ireland and, and, and travel all over the world. So yeah, that's fantastic. And. Um, You mentioned the, you know, the main, the main brand is obviously the football special brand, the famous brand, but there is other there is other flavors um, of soft drinks that that you offer today as well. Um, Yeah, so at the same time we were doing football special, we always try to,
1: you know, concoct other flavors. So again, we try and steer clear of doing your your mainstream flavors. So we do um, a banana flavor, so we're one of only two banana soft drinks in the world. Um, we have a pineapple flavor then we have a traditional what we would call an American ice cream soda um, and then we, we do do a red and white lemonade too but that's much more of a food service offering um, so you know that's the core range in recent times we've added our ice cream range so what we what people were always on my dad was always messing around with ice cream and using our flavors and different things and he would make um you know what the Americans would call soda floats so he would you yeah. know pour a glass of football special and put a scoop of vanilla ice cream in it so it always worked well with with ice cream really so in more in the last few years we started developing our own range of ice cream so we do that now we have a football special flavor ice cream we do a banana flavor we do a cream soda a pineapple so we try and carry our brand and flavors across you know different channels um and we know we're we're in we're looking at developing a, a barbecue sauce now, a football special barbecue sauce. So it's really just trying to extend the brand into different product areas.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's a fantastic extension of, of the name and, and the history uh, behind it. And I, I was um, reading recently um, about your vintage um, drinks that were offered in the original glass bottling, and, and that was something that you were looking to, to, to bring back. Just, just give us the background on, on that. Where did that idea come from, and, and how successful has that been recently? Well, I guess it's over the years that the original f- recipe that we started off with, um, like all food and drink
1: products ha- are getting constantly sort of getting tweaked, um, and it's not necessarily to make them any better or not for anybody to change them. It's just that, you know, uh, people's palates and taste profiles change over the years. So they're always, you know, but constantly being tweaked very slightly. And there was an with the introduction of the sugar tax, and not even that. Over the years, we've made the product less sweet because lots of consumers have said, uh, you know, it's it's too sweet. So we we have cut back on the amount of sugar that's in it. So we're very happy with our, you know, we're very proud of the product that we produce. But we, what I found from my experience in America. So I ran our operations in America for eight years. And There's such a huge market in America of this growing um, craft soda element. So it's very similar to the craft beer movement um, and the craft spirit movement that's now happening. People wanted, you know, more, uh, you know, non-sort of mainstream soft drink. So yeah, what I did then I found a butler um, in Reading in, in Pennsylvania in the states who produced old school craft soft drinks. So I brought him our original recipes from the '60s. And we started. We, re, we were able to reproduce them. Um, on top of that, then I said, well, there's no point in producing the the you know the recipe again if we don't properly market it. So we retro. We did our. We we got our old labels. We retrofied them a little bit, um, and then we put them on that. And we put them in a glass bottle. Um, so they're a, you know, they're a full sugar sweetened. There's no artificial sweeteners in them. They're in a glass bottle. It's a screw top glass bottle, and it's in a. You know a 1960s label and they've yeah, been a really big they've been a really big success for us this summer um they are much more of a grown-up soft drink is what we would class them as so yeah. the the market for that is your higher end not your high end but your coffee shops we're kind of going after that coffee culture sort of um marketplace and you know yeah. and that's and and that gives us scope to then grow because In theory, if that product sells in a coffee shop in Donegal or in Dublin, it could sell in London or sell in New York because that culture is kind of is very similar throughout the world. Whereas our more generic 500ml plastic, um, by nature of being a 500ml plastic soft drink, our market is is shrinking every year, and and, you know Coca-Cola's market is shrinking. Everybody who's in the carbonated soft drinks business is slightly under pressure, so it just gives us more. it, It just extends our our offering our product offering and, and puts us in places that we were never really before so it's been great and i mean we've had great feedback to them as i always tell people people love the labeling you know they love the branding on it and people know yeah. oh, it's wonderful you've done such a great job and while i will take all the praise i can get uh, it really is just what the labels used to look like so you know it's i, I can only take praise for what my grandfather and stuff did
0: it's great. It's it's great how these things come around and, and people look positively on, on things in the past and feel that warm feeling uh, from the brand. Um, so, in your explanation there, you were mentioning you know, your um, connections to the US and um, also in Scotland as well and, and globally. Um, how, how do you manage um, selling direct to consumers? So, online is obviously a very important strategy for brands, um, both small and large across the world. Um, how does McDade's football special manage this sales channel? And why is that important to you guys? Well, what reality it became a hugely important part of our business because you know, by nature
1: of the of where we're from here in Donegal, you know, our greatest export, unfortunately, is our people. So our people yeah. are all over the world. Um, and our distribution network, our core distribution network is really just in the north and northwest of Ireland. So even for people who are in the south of Ireland, it's much more difficult to get our products there. Um, and certainly people who are in the UK will find it hard and, and people throughout in other parts of the world. So from, you know, from early days, we said we we would get an awful lot of requests to ship people just a case, you know, or just even a bottle. They would love a bottle of it. Um, so while we're, we tried to build our sales, you know, our, our core distribution network. So we have a distributor in Glasgow and we now have a distributor in New York and we have a distributor in Boston. Before they all happened, we said, well, if we can figure out how to ship a single case to uh, the, their end consumer, that will, you know, will become an important sales challenge to us because it could bring a lot of revenue. But more importantly, it's just a really, really good marketing tool for us. Because, you know, lots of people who are celebrating birthdays somewhere else, their partners who may not even be familiar with Football Special, but they'll say, I know that my partner loves this product. Is there any chance you can ship it for a birthday party or for Christmas? Um, and to fulfill that is you get a great marketing boost. Um, so, you know, we, we set up our online shop. Um, I just took, took a look at my notes there back in 2006. Um, and that's, you know, has always been to just sort of try and get small quantities to people who are fans of our brand who no longer live in our kind of core sales territories.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's such an important channel to reach those people internationally. And um, how do you manage the logistics of, of, um, you know, shipping bottles around the world and and dealing with that? Um, Is there any complexity around that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, that is, that part is not easy. I mean, we, we use DPD for a lot of our stuff here in Ireland um, and it's, it is a it is a great challenge to us because we, you know, we have our own lorries that distribute it for us in Ireland. If we have a bigger customer base that you know more national, we use a big distribution company, and that all works fine. But when you're dealing with couriers, then it's a channel that we had no experience in uh, and one that were not the courier business is not particularly welcoming to a liquid. And that's, you know, the Mm. reality, especially and then it may be okay for a higher end spirit of this world because they can put it in a, you know, they can justify the cost of putting it in a, putting the single bottle that's in a nice box that's well wrapped and well protected. For us, you know, there's only so much you can, there's only so much money you can spend on 15 bottles of football specials. So, you know, our cost is always going to be sort of maxed at, at what's a reasonable amount. So it's much more difficult for us to package that in a way that makes it safe to ship. So it's, you know, it, it has been a challenge for us. Um, and it, you know, it's, it stops us really shipping too further afield. We, you know, we used to ship to Australia, for example. But it ends up being just so costly that it's not. Even if I say to the consumer, and we get this all the time, people will say, well, I'm happy to pay whatever. But I say, yeah, but you're not you think you are. But if I tell you it's 250 euro, you might yeah. suddenly think again, and then you're going to going to reflect badly on me. But in reality, that's just the cost of what I've been charged. So, um, yeah. it is a it is a problem because we have a a heavy, bulky liquid product? Um, so it it is a challenge. So we, but we, we've we've kind of got it down now in Ireland. We, we're pretty good in the UK. We're okay in the rest of Europe, and we have it in we have it down in America as well. So it's just a matter of trying to grow on that. But it's it has been mm-hmm. a challenge, and it's it's constantly a challenge for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And on the topic of uh, challenges, obviously, the big um, thing in the news is the COVID situation at the moment. How has that impacted your business, both from you know, a production point of view and actually getting the product out and selling it? Um, what, what, what challenges do you face during that period? Well, obviously, you know, as you mentioned their production was an issue. You know, we don't
1: have any super big factories, but we still have a factory setting. So, we, you know, we, we had to cut back on people on shifts and, you know, manage it as best we could. We, you know, we thankfully, we were able to have a lot of our people, our office staff, were able to work remotely. Um, you know, our sales staff are much more out and in the field. And, you know, they, they sort of just had to keep on going about it. We took as much precautions as we could. So, but... We've just seen a real change in sales channels. So obviously our food service just completely stopped. Um, we mm-hmm. sell a lot to the bars in Ireland here. Bars are still not open in Ireland. So we know we're coming on six months now where we have a zero sales into bars. Um, but the retail business has really has picked up a lot of that slack. Uh, you know, retail yeah, retailers are very busy right now, especially your supermarkets, and then your local stores became busier as people couldn't travel outside of their territory. So there's a lot more shopping local, which would help us because we're much more of a local brand. So we, you know, we, we got a we got a bit of a bump out of that. And then, like as this is sort of what podcast is all about, we suddenly seen a huge growth in our online sales, um, and I think that that's probably probably there's probably two factors behind that. Um, there's obviously you know people. Not going to their stores as much and trying to buy online. The second thing is, you know, we're to say we're stronger in um, in an area of the country that's kind of full of to- tourists and things and has a lot more people that come here um, during holiday times. Yeah. And people were not able to get here anymore to buy our product. So they were like, well, here's a good way to get the product to me. So that became, you know, a much, much bigger. say I mean, we were probably up, I mean, we're up 500% on our online sales from, you know, from last year. Um, now it's it's from a small base, so but you know it it gives me confidence to invest some money in this channel and to say okay this will you know that and it, it hasn't completely fallen away. This this these extra sales are probably here to stay. Now people are going to want this delivered to their door much more in the future than they did before.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. I mean those numbers are are incredible, and you know it's a real testament to, to how you guys have managed the situation. Um, so. With that in mind, then, you know, the e-commerce site is going to be an important part of the business as we move forward. What what marketing activities have you done with, with the current solution and, and what, what do you plan to do in future around that? Well, I think for us, you know, a big
1: part of it is just really to get the word out there that you can actually buy our stuff online, you know, because a lot of people wouldn't mm. be familiar with that. And it's not something, you know, we're, we're ultimately, you know, we're a carbonated soft drinks and ice cream company. You know, it's not it's not something you would always associate with that I'll be able to buy that in an online setting. So, you know, that was the, the the real big idea was to try and just get it out there. So we really drove that that story through our social media. So we've got a, we have a fairly active Facebook page, um, you know, and there's a lot of them people who are, you know, a lot of our fans on that are not necessarily from the territory where we're strongest, you know, or yeah. they have, you know, they're outside of there. So we've done some targeted, you um, Facebook ads on that to try and really promote dirty. You, you can get our products and um, the same you know with it with our Instagram and, and we really try to promote around holidays. So after I know Father's Day fell in the middle of COVID there, which was one that we seen a big bump in sales that week because we mm. promoted the idea that look your father might be from Donegal. You can't get back here. You know, let us get let us bring Donegal to you. That was our tagline. If you can't get to Donegal, let us bring Donegal to you. So you know that was the marketing angle that we tried to work. So it's really just, just you no, know, and that that was picked up in some local newspapers too. So it's it's just trying to get the message out there that it's available. It's not a ultimately for us. It, it is not, or for the end consumer, it's not the cheapest purchase you'll ever make. It ends up if you're in mm. Ireland, and you add in the shipping, it ends up probably costing you about two euro fifty a bottle. Um, you know, whereas a bottle of our stuff is probably a euro seventy five in store. So it's an expensive yeah. purchase but it's not an insanely expensive purchase that you're going to, you know, you'll, you, you're only going to do it for holidays, but that shouldn't, you know, you should still be able to do that two or three times a year. So, you know, it's just, it's really, for us, the messaging was really just, look, we can do this and we can certainly do it now during COVID. You know, it, this is something that we, you know, we, we have always offered. Um, so, which we were lucky because we had always offered this. So at least we was just, it just got a lot busier, but we had things set up for it. So that was, you know, that that's really the message that we tried to get out there, and it was really just, you know, social media. Thankfully, we've been growing social media over the last ten years. So again, we were starting from a base that wasn't super small. There's twelve thousand followers there on our Facebook or whatever. So we we were able to at least
0: start from a a big enough pool of people. And um, one of the topics you touched on there was kind of the the loyalty of your customers and it's something that people are willing to purchase and they, they feel good about, they may live outside Ireland um, and they're willing to pay the price as well. So what sort of activities do you do to help nurture that then, you know, do you, do you connect with the diaspora uh, overseas? Yeah, yeah
1: and... we, I mean, we do. So obviously, you know, I was in, I was in New York for, for eight years there and, and I became fairly active in the Irish community in the Irish American community to try and, you know, I did that for my own personal reasons, but also for a professional reason that it, it really put our brand front and center then into the Irish diaspora. Um, yeah. And we try to do the same, you know, when we're involved in some of the St. Patrick's day um, parades that go on in Glasgow and Scotland. And, you know, we, th- that would be how we would like to position ourselves. Um, and, it, and really a lot of the ways that we were able to stay in touch with them, again, is, is through this channel. It's just by being able to say, look, we can, we can send you a box for an event. Uh, and, and we do get, you know requests for different parties that are going on and we're and we're pretty um it's very easy for us i always say this to people it's very easy for me to give away free products so you know it doesn't really cost me all that much and i love to give free product away because i know people will consume the product and people mm. don't know us will be able to will be able to try us at a, at a fun event or what have you um so we're quite good with our with our sponsorship if anybody ever comes to us we're always like yeah here take a few cases so that's the same If people are abroad who are looking for stuff which happens, I'll very often say just just pay the shipping, and I'll I know I'm happy to send you a couple of cases for you to, for you to run this event. So I think we've probably nurtured the loyalty of over the years by um, it, that's probably more testament to our fans and their loyalty yep. to us as it is to what we have tried to do. They have just you know we've always been based in, an, um, in the all here, and and people have just always tried to support us. So you know, we would never, we would not have survived all these years if it wasn't for them. So, you know, they, they've just always stayed very loyal to us. And I guess just through trying to stay true to what we do, um, you know, keeping the quality of the product consistently high and, you know, trying to do things, trying to extend the brand, be it into ice cream or into something else, but not losing sight of what it is that we do. So that that's, you know, people have a certain taste that they associate with our products and that's, once we can keep that consistent, um, which is not the cheapest thing to do, there's always, the, you know, anybody's in the food business will know there's always cheaper alternatives out there. But by trying to stay true to that, that's what's, you know, kept us alive all these years.
0: Yeah, it's a fantastic story. And it, it feels like you've really put the, the customer front and center of the uh, the brand experience, which has paid dividends now um, over the years. Well, we
1: wouldn't have, you know, the truth is like we're, you know, we're going, you know, say through four generations and that, you know, we've seen a lot of challenges in that time mm. any as any business has that survived our length of time so you know but it, it's about thinking about okay why is it that people drink football special what do they what do they want from it and then trying to make sure that that doesn't really ever change um but while trying to stay relevant with the time so you know a couple of years ago we you know in the early to in the mid 90s we only produced in glass um, and in the late 90s it became a big push retailers did not want glass products anymore Parents didn't want their kids drinking out of a glass bottle because breakages and the danger mm. of glass. So was a big investment for us then in a, a PET plastic line. Um, and in more recent times now, obviously we've seen a turn away from plastic, um, and that's fine. So now we, we know we've we brought out a bigger 750ml glass bottle. We've now brought out this retro range in glass. Um, we still have our plastic offer, but we appreciate that there is. A growing anti-plastic sentiment which we all share, so it's you know it's it's about being consistent in what people want, but also then trying to evolve with the times so trying to you know manage manage that has been is what I think we've managed to be successful in um, because being by right, we should have been we should have been swallowed up by the bigger brands yeah years and years ago and I think one of the things that i I only came to appreciate in the last couple of years. There were lots of small soft drink brands all over Ireland. Um, So we weren't unique in that. And that is right through to kind of the, the, the early 1990s. Our uniqueness is the fact that we're still around now. You know, while all of that, lots of others have fallen away through various challenges over the years, we're still around. So that's really our uniqueness. And that's what we really try and sell now. This idea that, you know, we've managed to survive in the land of your Cokes and your Pepsi Co's. Um, and, you know, you're Lucas Aids and here we are still here so that, you know, that our uniqueness has evolved as well through just being able to stay alive here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it's great how the business has adapted over the years uh, to deal with all these challenges. And, um, you know, looking forward to the future now, I, I understand you guys are looking to, you um, Redo the e-commerce experience. New site coming. Do you want to explain? The, yeah. The well, look. I mean, I
1: think you know, we we, as I say, we got our e-commerce site up and running. You know, uh, originally because it was just where we need to fulfill this need. Um, but what we've kind of seen now, and especially through this COVID, it has really highlighted to us the deficiencies in our site. Um, so you know, we would like to. It, we have a limited enough amount of products on there. What we sell. Um, We have lots of merchandise that I would like to add on there as well. So you know we're going to start offering more merchandise on there. Um, We probably undersell uh, like the birthday idea. There's no ability there right now for people to add a personalized message, and um, and there's that sort of thing that we're we'd like to fix in our new e-commerce site. Um, And you know again there's there's not it's not as personalization. There's not as much of that as I would like. So that's what was being. Is really being integrated right now uh, and, it, and again even the glass bottle range the retro range that's come out lots of people want that that's going to be difficult for us to ship um, but it but if people if the demand is there then we can we'll, we'll always figure out a way so we're gonna add them products on there and, and try off of them and you know maybe we'd offer them in a six it pack'd be a little cheaper and we can see it, you know how, how we can go about shipping it so it's really just extending the range of what we offer uh, and then trying to make it more personalized. And then, we know, we also would like to do some um, branding work with some other local businesses and we could really do some sort of Irish boxes because when we have people who are buying our stuff on our website, they're clearly buying Irish products, you know, an Irish product. So the ability for them to add a couple of other local items into that package Um, would be important to us and that's something that we would do you know we would do in conjunction with some other local businesses and they would hopefully sell us then on their e-site and that would be really how we you know how I would like to evolve it so it's just about we really done we got an out-the-box e-commerce solution it was you know great in the say the mid-2000s it got us up and running it was terrific Um, we, we mightn't have thought too much about it but COVID happens you know we see this huge uptick in sales and we think, wow, mm. now that's actually a channel that we should be doing a lot more work in. And, you know, it's, it's focused us, our minds on that. And we're just, you know, it's just about now giving them more, and you know, improving our offering to people out there. You know, the other thing that we see, I, you know, it, it's like every, I mean, it's, we're late to the day in a lot of this stuff, but, you know, it is, it, it is incredible to me how much mobile sales we do. You know, mobile mm. sales probably account for of my sales now in a month you know and I would never have thought that Um, so probably just trying to make the site You know more relevant um, To the mobile user and you know, and it also for for me and the sales team here Just really trying to embrace this channel and really trying to learn myself. Okay, what works on here? um, And what doesn't so a lot of that a lot of this this change in the website is you know Is as much to do with me learning and trying to fill in gaps in my own knowledge and trying to make it a better um, operation for everybody
0: yeah absolutely and, and it becomes that process of continual in, improvement and looking forward to the launch then um do you have any specific activities planned for that you know when when do you expect to get things up and running and, and what will you do yeah, we should have it. Hopefully, um, it should be up and running by, I'd say, the end of September. Um, and
1: then at that point, yeah, we will we will try and get this Donegal box kind of off the ground then, um, and we'll do some we'll do some you know some sponsored some events then around that to try and really give it a you know to give it make sure everybody sees that it's out there. Um, so yeah, that you know it's just really probably following on from from what we what we've always done again, just really getting it out there that look we, this is an offering that we have. Um, and we will spend some money at that time in some, you know, in some advertising to really make sure which will just set us up nicely then for you know the Christmas run in um, yeah, at Christmas yes. this year, which you know we would predict that you know that an Irish Christmas this year may be very different to any other year we've had. Um, mm. You know, you'll appreciate, Michael, how many people come back obviously to Ireland yeah. for for the Christmas. You know, who knows how that will go this year? You know, please God, we'll, everybody will everybody be able to get home? But. You know, it is likelihood is that not as many people will travel as before. So the the ability for us to reach our consumers who are no longer able to get here, especially for Christmas time, um, we would see that as an opportunity, uh, and we would see that you know, it's been able to fulfill a need that these people want, you know, anyway. So it's we could, you know, we hopefully we can fill a couple of needs there. So that will, you know, if we can get this, which we will get this site up and running by the end of September, that will be really try and launch it then and and.
0: Uh, hopefully, get a you know a good run into Christmas then. That, that's fantastic. I think everyone will be excited to see the the new solution, and um, hopefully, when it is up and running, we perhaps get you back on the show uh, to talk about it. I mean, that would be great if you if you could do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's it's something like we you know we're um, you know I mean it's just such a huge part of of our business now, and you know it's mm-hmm. something that you know we I again I, I really need to learn as much as I can about it um, and, you know, just try and, and manage what's now an exciting channel for us. You know, it, it, yeah. it is an exciting channel now and, you know, it is great. And I do think a lot of it, like, you know, like everybody is saying, but when your consumers move online, they, they probably, they're not all going to come back into the, the in-person retail shopping. So it is imperative for all businesses. You no, know, doesn't matter how small you are to know this channel and learn and, and at least, fulfill whatever amount you can fulfill in that channel because you know ultimately it it was a very important amount of money to us in the middle of March and April there whenever people couldn't get out Um, you know we were all very very happy to see the sales come in then so you know that has given us a platform now to build
0: on. Yeah fantastic and I have a sense that things are going to go from success to success with the uh with the online channel with you guys uh with the strategy that's coming through here um so Seamus it was brilliant uh talking to you um it was great going through those questions and um getting insight into the history of the brand the the challenges what the future is going to look like and um yeah we really appreciate you uh you spending your time and, and coming on yeah, no, thanks very much for having me. And if
1: there's anybody, you know, anybody's listening that, that doesn't know us, please go and check us out. And, um, you know, please, uh, you're, I'm sure you have a very uh, educated audience. So please certainly let me know through our social media channels, you know, what you think we could do better. And I'm all ears. I really am. So, you know,
0: I'd encourage people that are listening to check us out and, and, and critique us and let me know what you think that we can do better. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Seamus. It's been a pleasure and best of luck with everything. Perfect. Thanks a million.